into the It is Tuesday, the 28th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. And Shane, I tell you what, I had a great time with yourself and Jeff Fennick and Kate the other day, Kate McLaren, when we did the latest edition of Lunch with Lee. And it came out yesterday. And it was really interesting to hear Jeff Fennick. He was a massive Parramatta fan through that late 70s, early 80s period. And he he probably could have ended up a rugby league player. Yeah, I, I had no idea he was such a... a a, a football lover and uh, and a decent footballer himself. I th- what position did he play, Tim? I think he was like a hooker. Yeah. Something like yep. that, yeah. Uh, a, a fantastic sportsman all around. It was a good listen, wasn't it? And um, you can see why you don't rise to the top in anything in life unless you are 100% committed. And you can never argue that Jeff Fennick wasn't 100% committed. An absolute war horse. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got a stack of sport on the way. Of course, Wimbledon is here. And Nick Kyrgios is calling out to other Australians, come on, let's go deep into the tournament. Greg Norman, again, it's asked by an Australian golfer, a very famous Australian golfer, not to destroy the game. And we have an NBL player, another one headed to the NBA. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey, blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Joe Root, he seems completely unshackled without the captaincy for the English cricket team. He's scoring a ton of runs. I don't think it'll be long before he's scored more than any other English cricketer. And he's playing all sorts of different shots, isn't he, in the test arena? Well, Tim, it wasn't that long ago when someone played just a, a, a sweep shot off a quick bowler that we were um, our jaws would drop in amazement. Well, Joe Root has played off uh, Neil Wagner, the fast bowler from England, a reverse sweep for six. So he's got down on one knee. Wagner's a left-arm fast bowler bowling across him. And he's got down on one knee and he's turned around and he's flicked it over top of slips for six. An amazing shot. england gone on to to win the third test match overnight, um, chasing uh, 296. And, and Root, once again, was not out 86. He's the player of the tournament. Um, and he goes from strength to strength since... Uh, uh, sort of walking away from the captaincy. Yeah, it's it's been extraordinary, hasn't it? It's compl- and we've seen it mm. before, particularly in cricket, when a um, when a, when a player hands over the captaincy and and Neil Wagner, the New Zealand fast bowler, he's no slouch, is he? No, definitely, mate. And uh, he, he bowls at decent pace as well. Often bowls a lot of bounces as well. So getting down on one knee because you have to premeditate a reverse sweep. You, you take the risk of of being hit right in the head and. Um, but Joe Root, yeah, just seeing the ball so early and so clearly to do that. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and have a look at this shot. Mm. Amazing. Nick Kyrgios, uh, and look, he's dared the fellow Australian players who have made Wimbledon to really believe that they can go long into the tournament. He did it as a, as a young kid. Um, and I, I think at that point, everyone thought, oh, what about this guy? How many majors or grand slams are you going to win? Well... On the face of this, it's, it's good to see Nick saying this sort of stuff, but I'll, I'll get to where I'm going in a second. But look, I do agree. We've got guys like James Duckworth, who unfortunately has drawn Andy Murray. Um, we've got Alex Dimina and plenty others. Um, but I, I just think 
is Nick getting, putting a little bit too much pressure on himself and now trying to throw off a bit here by including other players? He said he's the best grass courts tennis player in the world. He's had a fantastic lead-in. Um, he's got everything to lose now, and I think whenever that happens with Nick, he starts to implode a little bit. So hopefully not. Hopefully that's not the case. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Well, I hope he is the best grass court tennis player in the world, but the one way to prove mm. it is to win the biggest win. grass court tournament in the world, and that is Wimbledon. So yep. uh, he, he set himself a task, and I, I think, uh, like many others, that he has the ability, whether or not he has the aptitude. That's that's his greatest challenge. It's this love-hate relationship with the game. So uh, with with a bit of luck, he might just uh, have a great two weeks. So let's hope so. He's our best chance. We know that across both yes. draws. He's our best chance. Now, um, this is a, a great story of inspiration, isn't it? Australia's Zoe Hives, who has made it through to Wimbledon, made it through qualifying, and uh, it's been a difficult, difficult road for her. She's got a a disease or a condition called POTS disease, which involves um, the blood circulation and the way it's affected, and for her to come to this point, having read the piece on her, is just a great yarn of resilience. It is, and look, just imagine how hard it is to make it not only to qualify, but just to make it through all those qualifying rounds. Um, you're right, Tim. She has a, a blood uh, circulation disorder, which she says um, when it's at its worst, she came and walked to the letterbox at home without pretty much falling over in pain. Um, and this comes and goes. She's going to have it for a whole career, so she has to try and manage this condition. But uh, she finally gets to a match where she feels it sort of coming on again. And luckily for her, her opponent is also an Australian, had to withdraw with food poisoning. So she qualifies. She said it's not the best way to qualify, but I think what she's been through, she deserves it. And uh, it's a great story. Um, Zoe Hires, well done. Yeah, fantastic. You know, a girl from regional Victoria who's mm. had her challenges to, to get to this point. So we wish her all the best. Now, golf, Greg Norman's cash splash. It's not luring everyone, is it? Scotty Scheffler, uh, the number one in the world, and he really has emerged the last couple of years. He's looking to turn it down, and uh, we'll have to take him on his word. There's a couple of others that have turned it down, then uh, turned the page back over and signed it. Well, it's easier for Scotty Scheffler to say because he's won $18 million this year and he said, well, money doesn't matter to him. Well, it doesn't matter when you won that much in one year. But uh, look, he said he just wants to focus on winning tournaments and that's what drives him and fair enough too. Everyone has their opportunity to go either way. Um, But you're really seeing uh, uh, Rory McAvoy uh, turn up the heat now on guys like Brooke um, Kepka and... uh, yeah, and there's some real, real um, angry people out there. In particular, you've got Curry Webb now saying stuff that you know, normally could damage the whole um, women's league itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brooks Kepka's interesting, isn't he? A four-time major yeah. winner. He, he was quite emphatic that he wasn't going to yep. sign, and then he signed. But Kari Webb, as you mentioned, she's an Australian legend when it comes to the game of golf. She's pretty much been clear on this. Don't ruin golf, and that's what she said to Greg Norman. Well, she's a seven-time major winner, and she has come out. She said, I, I've known Greg for many years. He's always had a vendetta against the PGA, and she's just asked him in his ambitions not to ruin women's golf in the process. So she's really worried about what the knock-on effect for women's golf, and I can see her point here is that, you know, um, women's sport in particular, and uh, it, it's come such a long way, and things like this could really um, take away from – all the good work that they've done and, and the tournament itself. Seven-time major winner, she's, she's a, she, she knows what she's talking about, that's for sure.
Yeah, I just don't get the whole thing, to be honest with you. World mm. Series cricket needed to happen because players weren't being paid the money. But in golf, they do get paid the money. In golf, it's one of the most extraordinary pay packets of all time mm. if you can win some tournaments or even get close. And uh, I don't think that is the answer to any of golf's problems just by chucking more money at it and what, what he's trying to do. I, I think that they need to try and get others, younger players, younger people involved in the game of golf. Uh, they had a really nice run through COVID because plenty of people got out playing, but chucking more money at it in this instance, in my view, is not going to help a thing. Well, coming up on Afternoon Sport, we've got the AFL, we've got the NRL. Wayne Bennett has a crack at Peter Volandis and the NRL crew and much, much more. Afternoon Sport. Now, what about Majak Dor? He's retired from AFL. Real talented player, 54-game career with both Melbourne and North Melbourne, uh, Shana. Yeah, he's uh, a real trailblazer, particularly for the Sudanese community and mm. um, and what he's done there. He only played f- 54 matches. He was 11 years um, at North Melbourne. Uh, and we all know he had his battles with depression and, and alcohol and um uh, was involved in an incident on a, on a bridge many years ago, and I, I won't go into that for obvious reasons. But he's yeah. come through that, and um, he spent the last two years at Melbourne, but hasn't been able to get a game due to injury. And he just says it's the right time for him to walk away from the game. He's got other interests outside of sport, and his main focus is being a father. So it's really good to see that he's come through that really dark period of his life, and um, he'll walk away. He'll be a great ambassador for the game, particularly for for. Um, uh, different uh, people who come from different parts of the world to come and play this great game of AFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Carlton, the Mighty Blues, have got such a legion of fans, such a, a massive amount of support and high-profile support, but they've had a very difficult time of it the past few years. They look good. They really do. They're right up there in the mix in the top eight. But uh, that win over Fremantle last week, they're just uh, letting that go and continuing on. They're trying to go week by week. The focus is firmly on what happens next at the Blues, which, which is a good sign in a, in a sporting team. Very, very good sign and very well coached by Voss. Uh, look, I think there was a real juncture for Carlton last week playing Frio. And, you know, they could have slipped off the... the the, the greasy side of the mountain and then fallen away if they lost that match, but they were emphatic in their win over Frio. Um, but players Nick Newman now and George Hewitt, two senior players, are really saying that, that the next challenge is now St Kilda. And St Kilda have been stunned the last couple of weeks, well, flogged by uh, Sydney only last week. Um, they're hurting. They're on that slippery side. So they'll come out um, firing, I'm sure, against Carlton. So Carlton need to be on their game. Good focus from them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Peter Volandis, of course, the chairman of the ARL. We, we saw him in Ascot with the Queen, and he's on holidays in Greece, according to Phil Rothfield. <laughs> but I don't think he would have missed the, the information from Wayne Bennett, who's had a real crack uh, regarding the adjustment of this international round. Um, we had a, some fantastic games across the weekend. That Fiji-Papua New Guinea game was an absolute yeah. ripper. But there's been a change, and Wayne Bennett's come out uh, having a, a real rip at uh, the changing of the schedule by the NRL. Um, what did you make of all that? It, it, this, this, this has got potency because, of course, Wayne Bennett is the new coach of the new franchise as yeah. well. 
Well, he did say, Wayne Bennett, he, he prefaced his comments with that he does like Peter Volandis and he thinks he's done a good job, but he said he thinks he's just missing a big opportunity here. And if you look at the numbers, you have to agree. Look, this comes down to Channel 9 now under scheduling want to bring all State of Origin games back to Wednesday night. And look, I found it personally um, difficult to, on a Sunday night when you're winding down, getting ready for the week, you want to try and get to bed early. But um, Wednesday night seems to work really well for the viewers and Channel 9 want that. So that will mean that this international round, Pacific Island round, will, will go. And if you look at the, the stats there, mate, you had... Um, yeah, Mount Smart Stadium with Tonga versus New Zealand sold out. Uh, Campbelltown Stadium, Samoa versus the Cook Islands was sold out. Um, there's a real love for it, mm. and the football, as you said, was amazing. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, you hear it with with your own mates, don't you? Look, he's a really good guy. I like him a lot. Then yeah. bang, <laughs> but <laughs> bang. <laughs> I want to preface what I've got to say by saying, yeah. Yeah. fantastic, yeah. but." Boom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Look, but, it's a, look to break it all down. It's a difficult issue. Any of the scheduling is is difficult um, to try and fit everything in. But one thing that I'll say is that we do need to continue to spend money in the Pacific because there is so much talent in all of these teams. Yeah. Now, basketball, um, a real opportunity for another young Australian in the NBA. Melbourne United star Jack White, uh, who will make his Boomers debut this year, also gets a chance to impress. Um, with the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. So they've called him up for Summer League, uh, which is a huge opportunity for him. He's had a lot of injuries in his career to date. Uh, but if he goes over there and impresses in the Summer League, mate, that's your opportunity to get it straight into the NBA, which is big, big bucks for old Jack White, mate. Good luck to you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Shane, did you ever destroy the trophy, the Sheffield Shield trophy? You guys won it a few times. What about these guys at the Colorado Avalanche? They've broken the Stanley Cup, the 130 130- year old Stanley Cup and it's only taken them five minutes to do it after their big win. <laughs> the boys were pumped up. Well yes we did. We we, we, we didn't break the Sheffield Shield but we spilled we spilled a lot of beer on it and um but I think that's part of the character. But the Colorado Avalanche uh won their third premiership in only twenty one years. Now the Stanley Cup is hundred and thirty years old Tim and it was uh it was commissioned by Lord Stanley of Preston in eighteen ninety two and when they grabbed it literally on their skates all dives on top of each other and things got a massive big ding in it now. And they're saying that in terms of sporting trophies worldwide, this is up there with the ashes <laughs> in cricket. It's uh, And the guys can't get their hands on the real one. Well, I dare say that they won't be using the real one anymore because <laughs> this has got a massive ding in it. There's got the panel beaters. Yes, there's a reason why some of the biggest trophies in the world are locked away in museums and other places. Uh, yeah, it didn't take them long. All right, now a slight change of pace to wrap us up today. Corporate golf. Is there anything better than a corporate golf day, just sitting there in the cart and getting the sandwiches or the drinks? And, you know, it's, it's great for your self-esteem. It's generally an Ambrose event, so you can play garbage with two great shots and still win the day. Well, back when I was playing cricket uh, many moons ago now, Tim, I played a number of these corporate golf days. Often you play with three guys you don't know, which is, which is okay. It can be annoying sometimes when you get a pretty ordinary bunch of blokes. But uh, I had two days in a row, um, uh, two corporate days. I think it was at Moore Park. And the first round uh, I played, I probably shot my best ever. I think I shot 79 off the stick, and I was very, very happy with the way I was playing. And I thought, I've got the golf bug here. Got the golf bug here. So I went and bought myself a new shirt, a new glove, and um, 
uh, a new seven iron uh, for the next day. Well, I shot 110 off a stick, Tim, and uh, that seven iron's never been used again. <laughs> what an idiot. Some days are diamonds, <laughs> some days are stones. Yeah, I know I'm not the only one that's done that, but uh, geez, it was frustrating. Oh, yeah, one day I'm Jack Nicholas, the next day I'm Nicholas Jack. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. We have a great bunch of sponsors, Shane. We do. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.